someone take a picture If you really can't remember My great newfound leather outfit Come on Dying for your attention All night Your paper doll From a distance You quite affect me You'd be surprised As an object It's quite venerating Dying for your attention All night Your paper doll Exacto De facto Concise, quite right Come here and cut me out There's a dotted line to follow Come here and cut, 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 cut me out Without a guide I love you like the first night For the rest of our lives Mr. Big Shot always forgets to introduce his wife That date you can't remember Well, it happened in December That ridiculous affair In the carriage house With the swingers Dying for your attention All night Your paper doll Exacto De facto Concise, quite right
don't see we're connected, they're lonely Ignorance of any are affected Tripartalized, that shit gets deflected More time we're rejected and feel disconnected Stay acting reckless, cause their mistakes didn't protect us, no Their mistakes didn't protect us, no Dear me, in a western town, a dead end world. The eastern boys, 
station From Lake Geneva to the Finland station Yeah Been in a West End town in a dead end world East End boys, West End girls In a West End town in a dead end world The East End boys, West End girls West End girls West End boys West End girls Yeah West End boys Mods with West End Girls, and thank you for tuning in to Living with Cramlow this week on WGOT LP Gainesville. Uh, let's check out what you heard in the warm up mix. And leading things off this week on Living with Cramlow, you had King of Hecht with Army of a K. Then it was one from a band or a production team called Zune. That song titles Aslam featuring uh, Lee Ann Simpson, and you heard the Yanatan Gat remix of that. Uh, then right after that, it was Health with Unloved, and then you had Omni uh, Exacto, and then the song before the one you just heard is one from Steve Mason um, called uh, uh, Brighton Fish Fry, which features One Day, and there you go. Uh, that's everything you've heard this week here on Living with Cramwell. So let's, um, normally at this time we do Sixth Street News. It's been kind of dead since it's the Christmas uh holiday vacation uh, for two weeks over uh, most of University of Florida. So instead of focusing on micro news, uh, in the spirit of this being the official Christmas episode of Living with Grandma, I wanted to talk about maybe like some of my um, Christmas wishes from Santa. So here they are. And um, there was one overriding wish I'm only going to talk about that really briefly, but um, it would be for if Santa could just make it so there weren't like so many people killing each other, whether we're talking about Ukraine or um, where else are people killing each other a lot? Oh, in Israel and West Bank, Gaza, but closer to home in Chicago. So I felt that that was kind of an unreasonable request from Santa. So um, I'm going to push that one aside. I think a lot of whether your Christmas wishes come true has a lot to do with the proportionality of um, the wish to the outcome. So I'm going to keep mine a little bit smaller. So what I really first would I ask from Santa... Oh, I can't read my writing. I actually have notes today. That's pretty exciting. But um, can't have world peace. That's kind of off the table. But I would really like a new baking sheet. Um because mine has been very well used 
and not too long ago posted a meme on uh, the Facebook page or WGOT and had like basically a you know cooking sheet like mine that was totally black and said everyone knows someone in their life that has a cooking sheet like that and I had to obviously raise my hand so um, a new like baking sheet and cookie sheet anyway uh, another thing I'd really like I think um, kind of reasonable a gas grill uh, I've gotten way too lazy about going and getting a takeout from some of the great local restaurants here in Gainesville and plus you know cooking's time consuming and I've done a lot of it done a little of it but I think I probably need to get a gas grill from Santa that would be pretty cool um, that might be a pipe dream because it's been an expensive year around here. Um, then also, this might be like an unreasonable Santa wish, but, oh man, University, or excuse me, 13th Street, uh, in and around the University, that is a hard place to drive with all the lane closures. So maybe while the, um, students are out of town, Santa could temporarily fix all those lane closures that you don't need uh, for the construction. That would be cool. Speaking of UF, this may ruffle a few feathers, but um, Santa, can you bring UF a brand new head coach for football? Um, that would be really cool, because uh, the one we have right now, statistically, uh, probably not going to make it past year three but you never know so uh, i'm gonna wish happy thoughts for that coach but also santa keep your eye out uh, for the next football coach on a sports related theme uh santa i want you to bring uh good luck and good fortune to Sepkus this year coming off his lava vuelta victory in pro cycling he's one of the uh, big um writers to follow going into the 2024 season and He's American, so um, Santa, again, gift Sepkus with some uh, good health and good luck, and all the other American writers, um, which there are many that are getting uh, recognition now. It's kind of a, a boom for that sport from America. Uh, and then the last thing I want to wish for, and this has been kind of a bad news story for a couple months, and really a couple months more into a couple of years, just um, wish good luck to all the small businesses in Gainesville. We realize we are a small business, and we realize like it does not take very much bad luck to force you out of business. And fortunately, we lost another friend of WGOT, um, Sweet Dreams, and Jack Manfredi. That was just one of several local businesses that decided that. I just, you know, the time and effort and the money or maybe the enjoyment just aren't there. Um, so wish Jack Manfredi and whatever those guys do next, uh, good luck for that. But Santa, bring good luck to all the local small business here in Gainesville for uh, 2024. And that will complete the Kramla official list for Santa um Santa gifts. I guess that's one way to say it. But uh, let's get into some music. And I vowed that I'm not going to really play any Christmas music, really. But there is one type of music that kind of always makes me think about Christmas. I don't know why, for whatever reason. Uh, disco. So I've got some classic disco 
coming up, some stuff you probably never heard before. I'm going to stay away from the, the hits like the Bee Gees and Diana Ross and do some more of the underground. So um, here is a great disco song, I believe from 1978. It's Samuel Johnson, uh, Reason for the Reason. <laughs>
Okay, that's some disco from the Supremes, Here My Driving Wheel, and did kind of a little Christmas disco uh, 70s throwback party there. So most of those were, or at least like right around uh, 1980. So uh, what did you just hear on Living with Cramla? Well, you had Samuel Jonathan Johnson. That's quite a, quite a name there. And a song title, Reason for a Reason. So there's a little bit of symmetry, I suppose. Uh, between that artist's name and that song title, but then it was Norma Jean, a sorcerer. You got the 12-inch version of that. Uh, after that, it was E-Man Groovin' with Space Age, uh, then one from a group called Coffee, uh, Casanova. Again, you got an extended version of that. And I can tell you for sure that one came out in 1980. Uh, and then, right before the uh, last disco song, it had the Stylers, we can make it if we try. I, probably the song of all the ones I play that I think is most well known um, from uh, classic disco. So it's Christmas time here, and this is basically the WGOT uh, Christmas party for living with Cramwell anyway. I'm sure uh, Fred's doing like a countdown, and um, HR Gertner, if you're a patron on Patreon, he's got a really cool uh, Christmas mix up there. Um, so I think other than those couple of people, I'm probably like the official uh, Christmas uh, person for WGOT. So uh, and that's the topic this week. And what I really wanted to focus on next, um, earlier in the show talked about uh, Christmas wishes. Uh, now we're going to do a little bit of like weird traditions around the world and in the United States. Um, so the first one I'm going to talk about uh, as a topic is Japan, which uh, surprisingly not Christian. So December and Christmas and all this other stuff, kind of like a weird concept for them, but they did find their way to Christmas through the power of marketing, and that would be the Kentucky Fried Chicken Party Barrel, um, which they started promoting heavily in Japan uh, for families. That's like their Christmas Eve meal, the equivalent of our Christmas meal here in uh, America. And uh, basically the, the whole thing was called uh, Kentucky for Christmas, which translates to Kurosamasu ni wa Kentucky. And that's where we got um, that tradition from for Japan. KFC on Christmas Eve, which, I don't know, that's not the worst possible tradition. Next on my list, and I actually have notes here today. The most show prep I've done for sure all year for this Christmas episode. But uh, let's head over from Japan and get on a fast plane to Sweden. In Sweden, they have this thing called the Yule Goat. Um, which I'd never heard of. I, I knew about the uh, Japanese KFC tradition, but this is one I never knew. In Sweden, they have the Yule Goat, and he's got one of the best Christmas powers ever. The Yule Goat has the power to control the devil, which you have to kind of think had some, uh, uh, some influence on the person that came up with Black Phillip, um, but that's a whole other uh, topic for another show. But... Anyway, in Sweden, the Yule Goat has the power to control the goat or the devil. Um, he, Santa actually, instead of a sleigh, he rides on top of the Yule Goat. Um, and then part of the tradition there is that people, they do cosplay, and they like to get dressed up like the Yule Goat, uh, and then people do their Yule Goat costumes and uh, get packages back and forth. Um, 
the really coolest thing though, and it's clearly a, um, it's got to be like an influence for Burning Man. Every year they do this giant wicker goat as part of Yule Goat, and they burn it down. And apparently, it's a really um, vandalism. It's really like a cool sub tradition, I guess, to go and try to burn the goat down before the city's ready to light it up. But apparently that's a big thing um, going on with the Yule Goat, is vandals actually, uh, I think, burn it down about 25% of the time um, before the city can. So there you go, that's Yule Goat. Let's head over to Italy. And this one is called uh, La Befara, which is definitely not a good Italian accent. But uh, anyway, uh, this is a good, like, cursed one. I'm not going to talk about Krampus because that's been so overdone. But this is kind of a Krampus vibe. You have uh, La Befara, who she actually visits after Christmas on January 5th. And she's cursed because she did not give a gift to Jesus in the manger. And turns out, like in Italy, uh, for La Befara, the kids like to leave wine and food. And I'm not really sure how any of that makes sense, but that's uh, Christianity for you. So... Next one, uh, in Spain, actually, I actually think it's Catalonia, which has a complicated relationship with Spain. Let's just say that they're close together. Um, but they have this tradition over there in Catalonia called the Cagane, which in American slang, I can't even see the word. Let's just say it has hitter in it and then put an S sound before hitter. And that's what it actually stands for. And what they do over there in their nativity scenes, they take a man, a little figurine, who has his pants rolled up, and he's squatting down, pooping. So that's where you get the S hitter from. And it's a tradition over there. And it's got kind of a weird meaning. It's basically talking about, at least in that culture, how uh, the man squatting and pooping uh, brings fertiliz fertilization of earth and uh, also a big yield for your farm and joy and happiness. So uh, there you go. That's the Cagane, or Cagane, I think. Don't speak Spanish, a little bit of French, but uh, in French that would be Cagane. So and I don't think that French and uh, Spanish have that much uncommon. But anyway, let's move on. So, let's go from uh, Spain, and we're going to come over to uh, Finland. And on Christmas Eve in Finland, families like to eat porridge in the morning, and then they, uh, at night, the whole family sits in the sauna. And the Finnish look at that as a way that you can connect to your ancestors. So there you go, Christmas Eve sauna. And then... Uh, Maybe my favorite overseas, over in Venezuela and Caracas, you have um, a rolling skate, a roller skate mass. And this has actually been going on now for 63 years, where in large groups of people, they head to mass uh, Christmas morning on roller skates. And they've got it all closed off at certain points and times of the year so people can actually um, transverse using roller skates across the city, going to churches and other gatherings, and that's uh, Caracas in Venezuela. Um, let's bring it back home, though, and get closer to um, Gainesville here. 
And what we really want to talk about is uh, Louisiana, a nice SEC school. And I had never read this before, but in Louisiana, uh, several different towns, small towns, uh, they build bonfires along the levees of the Mississippi River. And they do that to light up the sky so that Cajun Santa Claus, who's named uh, Pere Noel, there's my French, um, it can help him better find locations on his journey so he can deliver presents. It doesn't really have like a specific name, but it's just called like the bon Christmas bonfires, I guess. And then um, from there, uh, let's talk a little bit about Florida. Uh, Milton, Florida to be exact. And in Milton, Florida, they have this celebration called Orange Jesus Jubilee. Um, and again, this is up in the panhandle. And what they do is the people of Milton, Florida, they celebrate the feast of Orange Jesus, which is uh, FOJ for short, and they do that on Christmas Eve. So, like, normally families, probably for Christmas, you would have a ham and mashed potatoes and other things like that. Um, but for the Orange Jesus Jubilee in Milton, uh, basically, it's just fast food. Uh, families go to McDonald's and pick up, like, a dozen Big Macs. Um, they also pick up fish fillets. It's really important for it to be kosher. You can't just have Big Macs and fish fillets. You also have to have, like, at least one bucket of KFC chicken. Not dark, wide only for this. That's the only way it works. And then, um, as you're having the uh, Orange Jesus Jubilee in the background, you need to make sure you're playing village people music, like the, the greatest hits. And this is in hopes that Orange Jesus will come to your house, will hear your village people, and behind, when he leaves, just like a regular Santa, you'll have uh, maybe a set of Titleist golf balls, uh, a bottle or two of ketchup, some hurricane-like paper towels in case there's a, an emergency. That's something you might find. And then um, uh, the number one thing that people really look for um, as their gift on Orange Jesus Jubilee, uh, an untouched, unopened Bible. For some reason, that has like a lot of meaning. Um, but yeah, a, a perfectly untouched Bible. That's the other thing they want for Orange Jesus Jubilee. Thank you, Milton, Florida. Uh, then after that, let's uh, go down the highway from Milton, Florida, and we're gonna get to Kentucky. And I definitely had never heard of this tradition before. Um, in Kentucky, um, what they do is they have this celebration called the Hills Eye Skating Festival, um, which is located um, in the town of o Owensboro. So officially it's the Owensboro um, Hills Ice Skating Festival. And what they do in Owensboro, Kentucky, is they have this uh, figure called Meth Santa. And the interesting thing about Meth Santa in Owensboro is that he can definitely fit down your chimney because he's uh, not very heavy for obvious reasons. And in Owensboro, um, for uh, Meth Santa, the, part of the Kentucky Hills Ice Skating Festival. Uh, residents, if you want to participate, they leave out these little tiny jewel bags, hoping that um, uh, Meth Santa will come along and maybe put some uh, bad stuff in there. I can't say exactly what. You'll have to make an inference here. His name is Meth Santa, so that's your inference. But anyway, 
They leave little jewel bags out, hoping that Miss Santa comes down and leaves some special powder in those little bags. Uh, and they also, of course, it's Kentucky, so they're obviously drinking moonshine uh, in the hills of Owensboro. So that's part of the celebration. But that's a part of the celebration for everything in Kentucky. Then, here's the ice skating part, which was kind of confusing at first. I had to, I had to get someone to explain it to me. But the ice skating is not actual ice skating. The ice skating, it turns out, in Owensboro is actually roller skating. And I had to have someone explain this to me, but apparently um, meth in some places of the world is, the slang is called ice. So it's not actual ice skating in Kentucky. It's actually on the, like, rollerblades and, you know, the quad wheels. It's that kind of um, skating because, um, basically, if you think about it, if you're ice skating in Owensboro, that kind of means that you are roller skating and doing methamphetamine. So, um, it's all, like that Caracas celebration in Venezuela. They all get their roller skates on, very inebriated, and they go to Christmas Mass and uh, sing songs. So, that is the Kentucky Hills Ice Skating Festival uh, celebration. The last one uh, is called the Bel Air Prayer. Now. You know, you may recognize it from the Will Smith um, sitcom. Bel Air is a really fancy place, I guess, in California. Uh, lots of money, lots of actors and people in Hollywood and all that stuff. So what they do for the Bel Air prayer celebration is that people with a lot of money, they wind up leaving their empty uh, syringe needles. They put them in their stockings, which seems very, very dangerous. For, for anyone um, filling that stocking, but uh, uh, they're hoping that through their Bel Air prayer that Santa will come and he will put Botox in those needles. And they also take their empty pill bottles, they put them also in the stocking, in hopes that Santa will come and put Ozempic in their pill bottles. Uh, after that, after you get up in the morning and you check your stockings, uh, there's a healing crystal service, and then much later, the parents, um, they all go together and attend a hot yoga class uh, while the children are at home to celebrate, um, opening all the presents and uh, having fun while the staff uh, kind of clean. They're not just cleaning, they're not just celebrating, they're also taking little um, scraps of wrapping paper and what they're going to do is they're going to tape them back into blankets. And these blankets are going to go out and be distributed to people um, who are houseless. Um, so they have some warmth on a cold December night. And just basically you take all the little uh, wrap. You can do this too at home. You can take all the little pieces of wrapping paper, uh, just tape them back together and make like a, a little blanket. Um, that, that's exactly um, what happens. Oh, one other thing I forgot about the bail air prayer. Uh, the person, the servant that tapes together the best like um, wrapping paper jacket or blanket, they actually the next year, uh, instead of only uh, instead of having to work the whole Christmas day, they get a half day off. So there you go. That is the Bell Air prayer. And uh, speaking of prayers, let's see if I can find out what the next song is going to be. Oh, um, actually, kind of have a little bit of a, an actual uh, Christmas song uh, here on our uh, Christmas episode. Um, so this one is from uh, another new one. 
or maybe I shouldn't say new. This is a song that Porno for Pyros have had around apparently for a while, like a B-side. And um, it's a very sad Christmas song called Pete's Dad. And thank you for listening to Living with Cram on WGOT LP Gainesville.
And I've never spent so much time in bed And every time I see somebody, I'd rather be alone And when I'm alone, I go through everything that we said
Okay, that's one from Gruff Reese called Celestial Candy Floss, and thank you for listening to the Christmas edition of Living with Kramer on WGOT LP Gainesville. We led that set off with some actual new Christmas music. It's one from Porno for Pyros called Pete's Dad, a very melancholy song, which I love a lot. Uh, then after that, you had a new one from Idris, um, A Room Up in the Sky featuring the Marias. Then uh, when I played a couple times, Nouvelle Vague, Only You, and then uh, making its second week in a row appearance here on Living with Cramla, it was Emily Frembingen with the Fentanyl. Um, so that is everything you've heard thus far on the show this week. Real quick reminder, I'm online. Just search for Cramla Radio Shows. WGOT is online over at Patreon if you want to help out financially, and also WGOT has a Facebook page. So there you go getting that out of the way so at this point after we usually do topics which a topic is christmas this week we would uh, review some new movies and television shows and i'm going to do a really quick one um right now the holdovers is one of the best christmas movies i've ever seen um you have to rent it unfortunately but if you're looking for something can you can watch with other grown-ups or teenagers you can watch that and your family will like it but that's not what I'm going to focus on, because what I'm going to focus on here for my Christmas TV and movie edition is greatest sitcom uh, Christmas episodes of all time. So I know, I know a lot of people get into the movies, and I think Christmas movies are okay, but there's so many more like better Christmas episodes of sitcoms. So let's talk about some of the greatest of all time in no particular order, The Office. And really, I didn't pay much attention to The Office when it first came out because that was a time before DVRs and like social media and other things. And I wasn't really excited to see like a, a reboot of an English TV show, so I didn't watch it right in the beginning. I wound up starting to pick it up when it showed up on Netflix. And I think probably the first episode I, I ever saw, either on Netflix or Comedy Central, one of those two, um, was... Uh, the second Christmas episode called A Benihana Christmas. Um, but for The Office, they have two really all-time great Christmas episodes. And the first one I want to talk about is Christmas Party, which is Season 2, Episode 10. And in The Christmas Party, they take that stupid white elephant game and totally uh, turn it upside down. And that's not just one of the best Christmas episodes. Um, it's also one of the best episodes of The Office, where uh, Jim's trying to give Pam the teapot and... All kinds of other craziness ensues. Uh, and that um, episode two, I think, kind of was so dark that they actually made uh, them kind of lighten it up, especially the Michael Scott character, who was really terrible the first two seasons, um, behaviorally, not acting-wise. Uh, then the one I just said, I think probably the first episode or episodes of The Office I ever saw were Benihana Christmas, which are episodes 10 and 11, and that's got a great setup because Michael um, was supposed to be going on a uh, vacation with his new girlfriend, but made the very interesting choice to uh, uh, crop out a picture of her uh, old, or with her husband, an old picture, and put his uh, face in between, which is a very bold but unwise move to uh, put yourself in someone else's family pictures. Uh, but anyway, they wind up going to Benihana, as the um, title suggests, and picking up, or at least somehow convincing two of the waitresses to go back to the office party with them. It's also got a really fun story with competing offices between uh, Angela and uh, Pamela. 
Um, so, some great Christmas episodes there. Kind of on the same track, I have three episodes um, from Married with Children. And the first one I want to talk about is You Better Watch Out, Season 2, Episode 13. Uh, spoiler alert, this is the one where Santa's parachuting out of a helicopter, I suppose, or a plane or whatever. Anyways, parachuting down, winds up uh, dying, uh, crashing on top of the Bundy's house. And I saw this when I was a little kid and remember just being blown away because usually everything with uh, Christmas related is kind of like sparkly and nice. Um, there wasn't much like dark content uh, like you see later on uh, with some of these sitcoms. It was all kind of, you know, light and fluffy. But uh, yeah, that episode was kind of mind-blowing. And then just like The Office, they had a really great season or episode for Christmas, like the first one in season two. And then right after that, in the next year, they have like back-to-back uh, -back episodes, like a two-for-one. Uh, they did it with Benihana Christmas and The Office, but then same thing with uh, Married to Children, It's a Bundiful Life. Obviously a takeoff of It's a Wonderful Life, and what made this one unbelievable is Sam Kennison. Um, is pretty much the star of that episode. Around the same time period, the very first episode of The Simpsons comes out. The Simpsons roasting on an open fire, which I don't think that many people remember, was a uh, Christmas special. Uh, that's basically how The Simpsons started out. And that's got a great story. Um, Bart getting a tattoo with his mom's name on it, and the family having to uh, use all the Christmas money to get the ink erased from Bart Simpson, which I think probably in 1899 was had to be excruciating to have a tattoo removed way back then. So I guess maybe Bart got his comeuppance on that, but that's a great episode. Uh, then going a little bit back in a time machine, Good Times, which if you have YouTube TV, um, you can watch it pretty much anytime you want to, but uh, they had a, this is the only one that's really sad and not funny. They had this one called Penny's Christmas. And if you don't remember Good Times, it's a family living in the projects in Chicago. And at some point, their neighbor, Walona, um, she adopts Penny because her mom had been abusing her. And Penny is played by Janet Jackson, of all people. Well, anyway, um, it's called Penny's Christmas because um, Penny saved up money for her mom to buy her mom a gift. And she goes to some department store in downtown Chicago, gets pickpocketed. So now she has no money uh, to buy her mom a gift, which is pretty much the same idea as that Simpsons episode I talked about, uh, Gift of the Magi, I believe. So um, she winds up shoplifting uh, to get her mom the things she had the money to buy originally, and of course, she gets caught. And it just turns out, <laughs> kind of a convoluted story, I guess, but um, uh, this was the same time like her, um, her social worker was making a decision whether Walona would, would get the kid or not. And so she gets arrested, so they're not going to let her uh, adopt Penny. But then in the end, they pull a trick on the social worker. Um, she gets a little bit tipsy at a Christmas party. And there you go. Penny gets to stay with, with, with Walona. Ooh, struggle saying that. And then let's wind this up with a couple of um, animated series. And they both kind of have the same style for Christmas specials. First, Futurama, uh, Season 2, Episode 8. A Christmas story and basically 
Dara's story uh, for the show, and it's a repeating character and theme, is that Santa Claus um, is dead, and he's been replaced by this evil robot, and in their Christmas, he goes around uh, trying to kill as many people as he can. Yeah, so a little bit dark there. I guess there's been a dark theme running through most of the uh, Christmas uh, sitcoms that I've recommended. But then right next to that, if you're looking for a series that maybe you've overlooked or don't like that much, um, just the Christmas editions, the sitcom uh, versions here on American Dad is what has maybe like the best arc of all uh, shows that has Christmas episodes because every one of them is a banger and they do some really weird, strange ideas and I don't even really like American Dad that much. Um, so this what's kind of a, I would say an overlooked one, but if you're just gonna watch Christmas specials and you're looking for something silly, fun, and animated, you know, American Dad uh, season two, episode nine, the best Christmas story uh, never told is great. Um, it's a time traveling episode where Stan has to go back and kill Martin Scorsese. I can't tell you why, um, but it, it's a really interesting uh, Christmas episode, and they did the same kind of thing with Rapture's Delight in Season 5, Episode 9, which is basically like a post-apocalyptic uh, Christmas story. Um, so those are all really cool. Um, but before I head out, like, two more quick ones. If you're looking for something classic, Leave it to Beaver, The Haircut, Episode 1, or excuse me, Season 1, Episode 4. Um, Leave it to Beaver is a lot better probably than you realize as an adult because most of the stuff you saw when you were a kid kind of stinks um, but this show is really well written and well acted and in this episode uh, Beaver's in trouble because he's lost the money for his haircut twice so Wally uh, actually winds up cutting his hair which is this weird kind of mohawk um, half bald type thing and uh, it's just a really sweet well written well thought out um, Christmas special. Uh, leave it to Beaver for your old, old school. And then one more, I guess is old school at this point, Seinfeld, which actually has a lot of Christmas episodes. Uh, but basically there's episodes with like uh, Christmas Reeve in the background. They only do one really, truly Christmas episode, and that's probably the greatest like uh, sitcom of all time uh, for Christmas, and that's The Strike. And of course, um, no one would call it uh, the title The Strike. Everyone knows it as the Festivus um, episode. Um, so, uh, I guess it's probably the best Christmas episode of all time still. Um, the Strike from Seinfeld, better known as Festivus, which um, is a celebration for the rest of us, obviously. Alright, so usually we get straight into music this time. A Christmas celebration we've done every year, and I really waited the last moment to do this, is playing the David Letterman interview of Jay Thomas talking about um, his interaction with the Lone Ranger. So that's all the intro I'm going to give it. So here you go. That's that uh, Jay Thomas interview from David Letterman. Nice, Edwards. Okay. This is going to be exciting. Every year, uh, this time, our next guest takes a part in a treasured late show tradition, the Holiday Quarterback Challenge. <laughs> is that what we're calling it? That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he can currently be seen in a film entitled The Santa Claus 2. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Jay Thomas. Jay. 
years have you done it? Uh, six years uh, I've done it, and uh, now you're letting everybody uh, throw at the thing. Uh, I guess if I miss, you'll never see my ass again. So, uh, as, as I recall, last year you had a little trouble getting honed in, but you eventually, uh, and I think maybe you know, I, I knocked it I off I really last think year. you think about this more than I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're probably you know, right. You, you, we've read that you don't have a big, you know, life going, but... Uh, you've read that. You know, you know you're, you're a little uptight, but... Um, I'm a little... <laughs> I met Joe Montana at breakfast, and I'm not lying. He yeah. was at the, the hotel you put me in, the mm -hmm. Red Roof Inn, which I want to thank you. <laughs> uh, a step up for you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, and standby for first class was a lot of fun also. Yeah. Thank you. So I met Joe Montana, and I, and, and I was excited. And, um, Hall I met, of Famer. Yeah, it was a big deal. And he's in town for his daughter's uh, birthday. And I shook his hand, and I said, he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to throw the football ah, at the meatball. Wait a minute. He's here tonight? No, he's not in the York. Joe audience. Montana is here? You brought him over? No, I couldn't bring him with is me. Is Joe Montana back there? Well, wait a minute. Holy crap. Is that right? He's not here, is he? You, you brought him. No, I didn't bring Joe Montana. Oh. He's had enough of this nonsense. I, I thought maybe you brought, I thought that's where this was going. You brought him over. No, he... He said, I saw you hit it. Is it trick photography? That's what he said to me. <laughs> Listen. And I said, why? Because you're the only one that can throw That's a right. football? So it broke down after that, yeah. you know. Now, listen. I know you've got other things on your mind, but do me a favor because it's the holidays. I don't have anything on my and mind. And when we don't need to call attention to the obvious. Right, right. Uh, but since it is the holidays and we only see you once a year, tell me the Lone Ranger story. Come on. Tell me the Lone Ranger story. All right. And you know, I wasn't prepared to tell this story. I know. I'm All putting right. you on the spot, but All go right. ahead. When I was a disc jockey in um, Charlotte, North Carolina, I used to open car dealerships. Mm -hmm. And Clayton Moore, the Lone Ranger, would open the, it was Dodge or something like that, or Plymouth. And I would go and I would announce, and Clayton Moore came to the, to the Dodge, to the dealership. So I'm there, and really long hair, and, and we are, I tell you this, my friend uh, Mike Martin and I are herbed up. We're all herbed up. <laughs> and, and we're selling the cars, you know, come on in, and you'll yeah. get the kids, and you'll meet the Lone Ranger. And we go out back, and we're like, you know, completely blasted, and you'll meet the Lone Ranger. We've got long hair. And so all of a sudden, something screws up, and they can't get the Lone Ranger back to his hotel. Mm -hmm. So Mike's got this, uh, uh, we got a Volvo. I got an old beat-up Volvo. And he says, look, he gets all upset, and he wears the whole outfit and the glasses and the whole thing. He got the, I mean, the mask, the whole, he was very seriously into the Lone Ranger. So uh, he says, look, can you give me a ride? I said, sure, we'll give you a ride. So we get in my Volvo, and we're driving in 5 o'clock traffic in, uh, in Charlotte, and we're all like this, and he's in the back seat. And we stop at a stop sign, and a guy wants to get out of the traffic. He backs the car up, and he hits the front of my car. And I beep the thing, and I can hear the, the light break. And he pulls away and he drives up. So I turn to Volvo and I start chasing the guy through the streets. And I got the Lone Rangers in the back seat going like this. So we're driving through the streets. We're completely stoned. We're chasing the guy, chasing the guy through the streets. He pulls up and I pull over and I get in front of him wow. like that. Wow. He gets out. He's just like a Trent Lott kind of guy, uh -huh. Charlotte, North Carolina. He gets out of the car and I said, hey, man, Mike Martin gets out. I say, hey, man. You hit my car back there. He says, I didn't do any damn thing to you two. I said, yes, you did. And I said, you know what? I'm going to call the cops. He said, who do you think they're going to believe, me or you two hippies? Ah. And the Lone Ranger gets out of the back of the car, <laughs> and he says, they'll believe me. <laughs> and the guy, the swear to God, the guy goes like this. He goes, I didn't know it was you. 
That's a true story. That's great. We'll be right back That's to knock true. the meatball off the tree. It's the Holiday Quarterback Challenge. I'm just going to lob one in there so folks get an idea what's going on here. You see? Here we go. There it is. Take it. Oh, man. You're a little high. You're a little high, my friend. Wait a minute. I must have gotten taller. Oh. This is not good. Sorry. Whoa, that was great. I may never come back. You're just toying with us now. Oh. Got a hunk of the pizza. I don't have it. Oh, come on. Come on, Jay. Now what happened? It's for the kids. I'm stoned again.
That's the last song you're going to hear this year on uh, Living with Crime on WGOT LP Gainesville. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, real quickly, that's haha, ha, no promises. Before that, in a very short mention at high school with August 19th, and then maybe my favorite song of the year from Jaco. I know, Kalevi, I forget. And um, I don't forget how much I appreciate everyone supporting the show and hope you come back and listen in 2024. Gotta always talk about business because uh, business pays the bills, but um, WGOT is on Patreon. Go to WG, or excuse me, go to patreon.com slash WGOT. Um, make it a New Year's resolution to commit $2 a month. That's really all we're asking for. Because of the um, 1,000 people that are on the Facebook page and that follow the um, station pretty um, rigorously, if they all did that, you'd never have to hear about fundraising again. Because uh, we're not trying to make money. But uh, there you go. Consider donating to WGOT. If you don't do um, Patreon, you can go to the WGOT Facebook page and do Venmo. Uh, give us a five, fiver, or a tenner, or whatever uh, the kids say these days. So uh, um, if you want to listen to... Living with Cramlo, or the other show host here, Cramlo Mix Show, to keep it really convenient, uh, just search for, surprisingly enough, Cramlo, which is C R A M E L A, and uh, appreciate all the support. Uh, we do it partly because 
it's fun and partly because people enjoy it. So hopefully we keep that going on beyond 2023 and also keep the station going on beyond 2023 because that's a bigger threat. But you'll hear more about that. Uh, no doom and gloom on this very hopeful Christmas episode of Living with Grandma. But there you go. I'm out of here. Enjoy. Have a great break. I'll be back uh, at some point.